Are you working? What kind of work do you do? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Evening, Commissioner. From the makeshift studios in Mullica Hill, New Jersey, it's Talking Ish with your Kamish. And we are back for another season, boys. From here on out, it's podcasting every week. And I'm sorry I'm a little late getting to this one, you know. I had a lot going on. A lot going on in my uh, my personal life with my job and some other things, and it was honestly a little bit distracting. I kind of had to get through that to get here, but now we're here. We're past it, and we'll get to it a little bit later because I do want to touch upon it, update you on what's going on because that's just material, my friends. That is stuff I can talk about because I, I'd like to remind you, you've seen the studio now. You guys were at the draft. We had a great time. We're going to get to that, but you were in the studio. You saw it's just me in some room talking to myself, and that can get a little lonely. So come visit me in the studio, and we'll have more stuff to talk about. We'll be able to talk about stuff you want to talk about. So come on in. Anybody's welcome, anytime, anytime you can make it. We'll record a clip. I'll play it later in a podcast, whatever. So we had the draft. Everybody was able to make it, which I'm pretty pumped about. I think it's the first time we've had a fully staffed draft uh, ever. I don't think we've had one. I think there's always been like one person that couldn't show up. And I'm glad that everybody was able to make it and we had a good time. At least I'd like to think we had a good time. I don't know. Give me your feedback. You can uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'll be active on Twitter this season. That's at Talkin Kamish. No G, no apostrophe, Talkin Kamish on Twitter. Check me out. Um, anyway, I appreciate all you guys that were able to come out from some spots that are pretty far away. I know Fox came in from California. Mike came in from Ohio. Dave came in from wherever Dave may have been. And that... That could have been far. I never know these days. Zach came from uh, Jersey City, and the rest of yous came from Philadelphia and parts of Pennsylvania. And I appreciate you making the trip out here and indulging me in what was kind of a ri- ridiculously over-the-top, as the young kids are saying these days. It was so extra. But the first draft order nomination games, also known as the Dongs, were, I think, a raging success outside of the fact that they were, yes, I admit, a little long. But you got to remember, every year I want to step it up. Every year I want there to be some fun thing that brings us all together because that's the point of this. I don't do this really for the money or uh, the bragging rights because that's all made up bullshit. I do it for the bonding and the the ability to just have something that forces us to be connected in case, uh, you know, we get too busy in our own lives because that shit happens. So that's the point of the league. That's why I put my heart and soul into some of this stuff. Um, I thought all summer of some of these games. I wanted it to be a very competitive atmosphere, get that shit flowing, maybe build up a little bit of rivalry in some of these games because you're like, fuck that guy. He did better than me. And that's what it's about. It's about getting them competitive juices flowing, busting each other's balls, just being bros. So we learned some stuff in the games. We learned that Mark is in great shape. He looks good. He was killing all of us in some of this stuff. He's a very sneakily athletic and just uh, a very like good at games of skill. Mark Mark ended up winning the whole thing, and was very consistent and impressive. On the opposite spectrum, we learned that our new member Zach Marin 
is really only good at using his brain because everything else he pretty much sucked dick at. Now, in fairness, Zach, you had a disadvantage being in the 10th spot. And yes, I do realize that me being the league champion last year put me in a very beneficial position in terms of the draft. It's honestly the only reason I was able to finish in the top top uh, four spots. I think I was third overall. I picked fourth, finished third. And that's just because, by default, if someone did bad and scored like a zero or I got the same score, I went ahead of them in the standings. But that's just the rules of the game. It's fun. And I actually like the concept of this. I think the, the draft order nomination games from henceforth known as the Dongs, um, I think the Dong is a fun event. And what I'm thinking now is that, yes, we need to shorten it up. 16 events was way too aggressive. But you live and you learn, and it's trial by error. And I honestly only had a test case of Mike, which, you know, it took us a lot, like a long time, but we were motoring through. It was just him doing it. So I didn't take into account all the time in between and how many people there would be and how long it would take them all to do this. So I'm suggesting, sorry, I'm drinking a lot of, a lot of beer here. Right now I got one of the ones left over from the patty. It's a Sunkissed Citra by Jersey Girl Brewing Company. They may be from Jersey, I guess. It's cool. It's cool. But I'm suggesting maybe 10 events and moving the actual dong and the event itself to a different day. That way we can do it before the draft even takes place. And on draft day, we can just do that in person and have a whole separate event. That, but I think it's easier to work off of like, hey, guys, there's a whole summer here and there's no football on. When can we all get together somewhere? Maybe at a remote destination or at a location that is neutral to everybody, and do something similar to what we did to decide the draft order and have like a whole party out of it. Maybe that's where we can have the league champions celebrated and we can all buy them drinks. I think that's a good tradition. A league needs traditions. Otherwise, it just is a thing. And beyond being a thing, a league needs to be a league. And I don't even think that made sense, but I'm going to roll with it. We're going to go with it. But regardless of what we end up doing, I'm going to come back bigger and better next year because every year we improve that's what you got to tell yourself in life every year we improve so the games themselves some people really shine through but i'll get to the uh to the results because just to remind you of what happened because we were all pretty toasted and yeah i probably wasn't so good at i i don't know i I probably shouldn't have been the scorekeeper i think i did like a 95 to 96 percent accuracy But um, there was definitely some 4% where I had to have some other people check me out, which is okay. Maybe to say that they're 95% accurate. I like my odds, you know? Uh, I'm pretty confident, though, that these results are correct. So just to remind you of the results themselves, in first place was Mark, followed by Jake, the commish, Dave, BJ, Jof, London, Stein, Zach Marin, and Zach Fox. Zach Fox actually very disappointing to me. You know, you get, you started so strong. I think that you're relatively athletic, but totally mentally checked out. He kind of reminded me of one of those Giants wide receivers out there that just, you know, they hang their head when things get tough. But just a shitty performance out there overall. Um, Dave, I think, had the most dominating performance uh, in terms of just first place finishes. So Dave came in with five first place finishes and that's out of 14 events we ended up with 14 not 16 so five of the 14 events that's pretty good that's the highest total of first place finishes but the problem for dave was that 
if he came in, if he didn't come in first, he came in last. And that was uh, evident in his fourth place finish. Because I think he could have finished in the top, uh, the top three had he just been able to get over that hump of not finishing in like nine or towards the bottom. Um, but really good effort from Dave. I kind of think he was one of the best in the draft outside of Mark, who came in first and was joined by um, myself and Dave with six top three finishes. So all three of us had six top three finishes. Jake finished second overall, and he did not place first in any event, but Jake was pretty good at most events. So the lowest he got was a, a nine and an eight on two just like complete fuck-ups of events. But other than that, he never finished worse than fifth, which is why Jake ended up in the number two spot. One of the most surprising results from this entire event, and Jake will say that it's photoshopped, is the 40-yard dash results. So Dave won that event. Dave won, like, the first three events. Um, but Dave won the 40-yard dash, followed by Mike London and BJ. Mike London had the fastest 40 time next to Dave. And I kind of am with you, Jake, on this one. Like, how the fuck could that possibly be true? Is Mike that sneakily, like, quick? He's just got these, like, fast light white lightning feet that we didn't know about. And he just dusted us. Are we all that rusty that Mike was able to come in second on the 40-yard dash? Seems unlikely. I want a recount. Mike, let's race. Me and you. Me, you, and Jake. We'll all race and see who's the fastest. Then the shuttle run, which Dave also won, followed by uh, BJ and Mark. Those were the top three for that event, which was... Honestly, one of the more difficult ones for me. Because you got to, like, pivot and stop and, like, I'm too fat fucking right now to do that. So I just want to I want to go one, sp one speed, one way. That's better for me because it's like a freight train. Once it gets going, you know, it's, it's going. The football toss caught me by complete surprise. Like, I didn't think that, like, I know it's a small football and it was, like, deflated so you could really grip it. But I didn't think anybody was going to throw past 50 yards. I, like, really thought, like, 50 yards maybe like, the max. I was like, okay, there's going to be a couple guys that maybe hit 50 yards. But some people were slinging, like, 60 to 65 yards with that little football. Very impressive, guys. Very very skilled athleticism. This event actually had the same top three as the last one, where Dave was in first, followed by BJ, followed by Mark. And Dave literally threw the ball 65 yards with his giant fucking banana hands. And I know... That I just want to pause for a second. I know you guys, I'm, I'm using your names here on this podcast, but I wanted to let you know that after giving it some thought, this isn't the podcast I'm going to circulate. I'm still going to tell you guys great stories, give you the same kind of great content, but I think I'm going to start a little side project, which will be announced at a later date. Still trying to work through the details of that, uh, but that will become my more mainstream podcast where it's more focused on some other stuff and, uh, you know, not ticks on my dick jokes, which I will reserve only for you guys. So that's an exclusive to this league. After the football toss, we did the closest to the pin competition where, uh, you know, we chipped from a little divot in the ground after uh, we whacked it a hundred fucking times. And guys, you could have picked your ball out. of That's a stupid fucking rule. I'm sorry. Because then like the first guy's hitting out of the grass, like everyone should have to hit out of the grass is my opinion, not out of the fucking dirt hole. That's stupid. Because uh, I think a couple of you got screwed on that one. But whatever. That uh, that event finished with Fox in first, followed by uh, Zach Marin and Michael London. 
Michael London getting close to the pin. Cornhole was BJ Mark and then Fox. Can Jam was Stein, Jofe, and the Commish. And then the paintball shooting was Spack, Marky Spack, uh, Stein, and Jake. That that one was fun. I wish we had done more of that. I liked shooting the paintball gun. And I also enjoyed shooting Dave, even though I didn't hit him. It was fun to watch you get punished, but it was also a, just a gruesome reminder of how awful it is to come in last place. And I feel bad about the one you took off the neck. I know that one really stinks. And I don't, Zach didn't mean to do it, but you know, when you're rolling around, it's hard to hit you and you pop up and you're just excited to like shoot the gun and you shoot at you and you get hit, you get hit where you get hit. And that's why it sucks. I really don't want to ever get hit by that. That seems really shitty. I'm sure you still have those welts and they're like black and blue now and they may last a lifetime, but so will the memories. But then we brought it back inside and when I walked into the basement after we had been out there for like three fucking hours, it was so bright. I or like uh, bright or we went from bright to dark. I think that's what it was. We went from bright to dark and I was blind. I couldn't see for like a good solid five minutes. I was blind. I felt like Helen Keller reaching around for wall, 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 darts uh, was the next event inside. BJ finished in first, followed by Mark, followed by the commish. Then Flip Cup, the first of our drinking events. Dave finished first, followed by Mike London, followed by Joe. And I remember this one. If you'll remember, while Mark was going, I was uh, filling up his cup a little too high. And he literally played Flip Cup with about a half a cup of of beer, which, you know, took its toll on him. And uh, we, we were like, all right, Mark, you can redo it. And he did... Really, really bad. He did even worse, and I think he screwed himself. He should have kept his original time, but I agree with him. And how are you going to know? How are you going to know you're going to be so bad when you do it again? But uh, I think everything worked out for him in the end, so I don't think he's really thinking too much about that that flip cup thing. Then we had Pong. Dave came in first in that one, followed by Zach Marin, followed by Jake. Then the shotgunning contest, where I put you all to shame and made you look like little baby men who don't even know how to drink beer. With my fast shotgun skills. I dominated that event. Followed by Dave. Followed by Jake. Who are also very worthy beer drinkers. Then quarters. Which is a very difficult game. I don't even know why I included that. It was really hard to do. And there was really no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, But Mark finished first in that one. Because I think he had like two quarters in there. And then I had one. And Jake had one. So we came in second. And third. Then there was the Wonderlick, a test that is absolutely fucking ridiculous. It's like math that you will never ever use in your life other than for the purpose of a standardized test. Yeah, and I get that there are scenarios of division and equivalent fractions or whatever the fuck else was on that test. Um, but it is a little ridiculous. But it's it was fun. And I think it kind of spurned the most conversation. People were talking about that test. And uh, yeah, that was a fun time. I came in first on that one, followed by, sorry, look at my sheet here, followed by Jof, and then followed by Stein, Stein on the one I like. Then Memory, where we tried to see if you had any brain cells left at the end of the day. And Zach won that one, followed by the Kamish, and then Jake. So that was uh, that was the games. We had a good time. And yeah, it was a little long, took a little time to get through, but at the end of the day, we had a good time. That's all that matters. You had a good time with your boys. 
with the boys. So later in the show, we'll get to the power rankings where I will go into depth in your teams and tell you how I think you did and where I think you may finish in the league. And if you'll remember last year, I was pretty fucking good with my power rankings. Now, I did not have the time this year to do the in-depth analytical analysis that I did last year. If you'll recall, I had this whole fucking process where I just went through meticulously, I went meticulously through each of your teams and I tried to figure out, you know, what was going to go on based off of projections and the scoring for our league and blah, 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 blah. Didn't do that this year because I got a lot going on. As I alluded to earlier in the show, I've got some issues going on at the uh, the Soup Factory. As many of you know, I work for a you know Fortune 500 company that sells soup in the Camden area. I won't call them by a name because that gives me an out. I have plausible deniability with that statement. Anyway, it's been a tough year for the soup company. Back in May, if you'll recall, our CEO just abruptly retired, aka was forced out by the board because of poor performance. And since I've been with the soup company, uh, we've made a series of acquisitions that honestly haven't haven't panned out at all. We've tried to pivot into this fresh food industry, which is just tough to get into. And there's just a problem facing food manufacturers around the world that people don't want to eat shitty food anymore. They don't want to eat stuff that's bad for them. They don't want a can of soup that has 900 milligrams or more of sodium. So people are getting wiser. The center of the store where they sell soup, broth, and all the other stuff that we make is in decline. It's a not. It's, if you remember from your business class, if you went to business school, the product life cycle, that nice little curved thing that they show you where it's like, oh, we have the, the beginnings and the, and the growth period and then the maturity period and then decline. And that's where we are. Um, so when the center of the store is in decline and your products are in decline and the bulk of your portfolio is based in those items, then, you know, that's, that's trouble for growth. That's never a good thing uh, when you're trying to make a profitable company and you're trying to every day, you're publicly traded out on the stock exchange, you're trying to, you know, bring some investors in, you're trying to get people to buy your your stock so that you can do more things with your company, you can invest more into the company and pay out more to your shareholders and things like that. Well, things went off the fucking rails this year, things went right off the fucking tracks. And the company really took a hit in the third quarter, fourth quarter, earnings were just abysmal. We were pretty much almost on par with our earnings per share and what we pay out in dividend, which is never a good place for a business to be. So they ousted the CEO, brought in an interim guy from the board, and they decided to do a strategic review, which is basically code word for we're about to fuck shit up. Usually during strategic reviews, that's when a company looks at their strategy and assesses whether or not they're headed in the right direction. And I think our board and the leadership team of our company was looking at our company and saying, wow, our strategy is fucked. We are investing in these areas that we are thinking will grow. They're growth areas. So like the fresh food business, if you don't know, um, and you're not in the food industry, that's the fastest growing segment of the retail outlet for grocers. So like you go around Wegmans, the perimeter of the store where you see the fresh fresh products like the fresh salsas, the fresh soups, the fresh uh, prepackaged meals, like all of that stuff is the area of the grocery store that's growing the fastest. And if you think about your own experience in a grocery store, that's probably where you're spending the majority of your time, buying your produce, buying your fruits and vegetables, all of that good stuff. 
and then you're you're probably now browsing through all of those ancillary areas that make up the perimeter of the store. It's kind of an untapped market that we haven't really been able to figure out as a company. We make soup in a can that when you pour it out, it looks like Jello, Jello soup. Have you ever seen cream of mushroom in a like in a condensed can? It's fucking disgusting, and I don't blame people for not buying it. Um, it's used more as an ingredient now, so it's kind of lost its like original core design of being a soup. It's more for baking and making things like you know casseroles and things like that. So we try to acquire companies to find our way into these new spaces, these areas on the perimeter of the store and in the fresh aisle of the grocery store. And we really never integrated them completely. We've bought several companies that we just kind of left there on their own to operate as an independent. So I'll, I'll just say one of the companies competes with Naked Juices, and it rhymes with Smolt House Smarms. Um, and it's a, they make beverages. They make chilled juices. And that shit we never could figure out because that's a completely different like uh, supply chain than we use. All of our stuff is shelf-stable. So, you know, you send it out on a truck, boom, done. But that stuff, it's refrigerated. It's got to be in, like, a chilled truck, which, you know, we didn't know how to do. And then we had, like, this whole other area of the business that was in agriculture, growing fucking baby carrots and stuff. We didn't know how to do that either. So all of this stuff that we invested in, I think, was an experiment to see that we, as a big food company... And that we are. We are big food. Um, we, couldn't, we couldn't cut it in the fresh space. So we had to figure out a way after now buying another company that's a snack company that you probably heard about within the last couple uh, of months. We bought a snack company, took on all kinds of debt. We had to figure out a way to pay that off. So what do we do? Our CEO and our board and everybody conducted this strategic review. They had a ton of consultants and stuff in. And now they've decided... We've got to exit the fresh food business. We're going to sell that. Divest. Divestiture is when you sell off assets of a business, and then you can use that money to either reinvest in the business or pay off debt. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pay off debt. So we're going to need to find a buyer for all of those things that we've basically acquired over the last 15 years. It's a complete 180 of our strategy and direction. So now we will be focusing on just the center of the store, and we've realized that we are what we are. And I think that's an important lesson. Don't try to be something you're not. Don't try to be something that you think you need to be in order to, you know, figure out your way in the world. You got to stay authentic to what you are. You got to be in touch with your roots and figure out that I'm good at this thing. We're good at making soup. We're good at making snacks with that other company we own that sells the little fishies that are golden and cheesy. So this year, too, on the podcast, from a personal perspective, I'm going to be doing what I do good. I'm going to be sticking to the things that I think are best. So I won't be introducing other people into this little arena we have. It's very intimate. It's just for us. It's something where I feel like I have you in the room and I'm just talking to you. And, you know, more realistically, you're in your car. You're fucking sitting on the toilet, maybe with your headphones in, because you don't like the sound of your and volume of your shit, but... You like the sound of the commission's voice, maybe. I don't know. Whatever your fancy is. Um, this one's just for you guys. And we'll figure out that other thing, as I said. We'll figure that out down the road. I don't know what that's going to be yet. Because uh, you gotta, you got to like plan that shit out. And uh, you want to present yourself well when you go out and venture into the public world and public space and stratosphere. So the commission is in his professional life, and now the commission, his personal and podcasting life, will do what we do best and stick to our roots. 
and stick to the things that we got that got us here, you know? All right, all right. In other news, I fucking hate the month of August. It's honestly the worst month in the entire calendar. If you think about it, it's the hottest, muggiest, shittiest month that there is. I pretty much wake up on the weekend in August, particularly this year, and it's either like wet from rain because it just rained, or it's moist because it's muggy as fucking shit out. It is the atmospheric equivalent to the inside of my shorts and undies on a very, very hot July day where I've been working outside, and I've been, you know, I've been doing some fucking work, and it is just a fucking mess down there. That is what it's like in August. And you try to do things outside because you have a home to take care of and you want to cut the grass. But the grass is fucking wet. So it just piles underneath your lawnmower no matter what fucking time of day it is too. You know, you know, in July, if there's dew, you can just wait until like noon and it's gone. Not in August. In August, it takes until like 7 o'clock and when the new dew starts to form, it's an endless cycle of moisture and it sucks for cutting the grass. And you know, you guys... And Mike in particular were giving me a really hard time about the length of the grass. It has literally done nothing but rain in this area for the entire summer. So my grass just grows and grows and grows. And I have two acres of of land to cut. I even have to go over it twice sometimes. You know how long that fucking shit takes? That shit takes like four to five hours when you include all of the edging and trimming up all the stuff to make it look nice. That shit takes me forever. So for you to insult my yard, it hurts, sir. It hurts because, you know, it, I, I put a lot of effort out there. And, you know, when you have a, a lot of grass, you want it to look nice. So you take care of it. You do the weed and feed and all that shit. But you can never cut your grass once it's really high. You can't cut it down to, like, three-fourths of its length, which I would have had to have done to make it nice for you to swing your little golf club. Um, so I cut it with the blades all the way up. I had to. Otherwise, there would have just been mounds of grass clippings. I have mulching blades. I don't fucking bag my grass. That shit would make it even take even longer. So, uh, yeah. Suck my dick for your opinions on my grass. Speaking of uh, tractors and things I use to cut the grass, Stein and Joe really were, were trying hard to figure out how to fix that tractor. And I, I didn't, like, I feel like at some point I had to have told them that that thing was sitting literally in the woods and I polished it off. Well, not polished it, but, like, cleared it off, hosed it down, cleaned it with a rag to make it look like it does now. But it literally had been sitting in the woods just with oil and gas and everything in it. This guy that lived here before me was a real dick. Just left all of his trash. But I appreciate you guys trying to, you know, take a look at it, see if you can get it going. If you guys want it, any of you, you can take it. You just got to come pick it up. I think it. I think it might run. I, I, it looks pretty good otherwise, outside of the fact that it's been sitting outside for a long, 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 long time. Um, anyway, so I'm ready for August to be over, and I'm ready for fall to really kick in to full swing. So we have September, which is a very interesting month. September, you get warm weather and you get some of that late, you know, early fall chill at night, which I'm cool with. I'm tired of the humidity. I'm tired of that shit. That's why, Fox, you you did it right, brother. You went out to California. There's no humidity there. That shit doesn't exist. People are like, what? What's that word that you're using? No, never heard that one. We don't have that here. No, mm -mm. it's very dry, very dry, and 
whatever. I guess that's why there's a lot of fires because it's dry air. It's not wet. Oh, woo woo. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get football. That's the best part of fall. So you get you know pumpkin spice lattes and bitches wearing UGG boots and leggings. But you also get football, and that's the best thing that anybody could ever give to you. I mean, I like sports. Don't get me wrong. But the mecca of all fucking sports is football. I'm looking around my office right now, and I'm just looking at all of my Eagles stuff. I'm a lifelong Eagles fan. Last year was the greatest thing I could ever ask for. But I still marvel in the fact that nothing in life, really, can get me more excited than that shit. I could literally talk to anybody for hours about football. Isn't that crazy? You think about it, all of the things that exist as a thing to talk about in this world... And the thing that bonds us, some of us, the most is sports. And partic- in particular, in this country, football. Because everybody's got a team. Everybody's got a story. Everybody has a moment that makes them remember this great fucking thing that they experience probably with people they're close to. That's why football is my favorite sport. I don't think any other sport does that in the same way. I could literally be anywhere in the world as an Eagles fan and run into another guy with some Eagles gear on, and I'm going to be like, hey, bro, go birds. And he's probably going to do it before I can even fucking say it to him because that's just, I've had that experience no matter where I go. I got high hopes for my team this year. Um, the Winning the Super Bowl again, I realized would be very, very difficult. But you have to remember this. The season can start in a disastrous way. We could literally go 0-4, 0-5. But here's the thing to remember, and you make it, you're going to get Nick Foles game one. You're going to have a very lack, lackluster effort probably from the get-go because I think you have that Super Bowl hangover. That's a real thing. But the thing to remember and the thing that's important is even if we start 0-4 and this guy has to sit for four weeks or something crazy like that, I don't think it's going to be that. He'll probably be back after this game. It's probably a precaution. But take your time with him. Let him sit. Carson Wentz, is a game changer. He is an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, a guy that elevates your team to the next level. And when you have a supporting cast with as much talent as the Eagles have, you have a recipe for something special. So don't discount the fact that Carson Wentz is the heartbeat of this team. He is the bloodline, the oil that makes this machine run. So when he comes back, It may take him some time to get back into form, but what you get is a leader, a leader of men, a guy that will get you to the playoffs year after year just off of his own skill, on his back, that kind of shit. That's how good Carson Wentz is. So even if things don't start strong for the birds, have hope. Jesus himself, Carson Wentz, he's literally on my door as a fathead in the middle of this blood red cross that this crazy kid who lived here before me drew on the door I put him there and I didn't even realize that it has this religious meaning we had to sacrifice him to win a Super Bowl just like Jesus see what I did there (laughs) but I have high hopes the Eagles they're gonna be just fine so don't you worry we also have a season of football with all the teams coming up where we all have now a stake in these teams through fantasy football I think that that's why I participate in fantasy football. It's to make teams that I I don't like and teams that I may just not care about much more interesting because now I got something on the line. And whenever you have something on the line, you pay a little bit more attention. 
So now we've all had a chance to pick our teams to enlist our soldiers for the year that will go to war against each other just for some money and some bragging rights and a, and a, a very, very nice belt. I'd like to remind you all of that. I pretty much spent my winnings to improve the belt and have the belt. And I'm pretty fucking happy with it. I don't want to give it away. So I'm going to try to win this motherfucker. I know you've probably had enough of my ranting and raving and you're like, what the fuck's he talking about? He must just be shit-faced. And you're correct, sir, I am. So without further ado, let's get into the power rankings. So just to give you a little bit of background on how we determine this whole ranking system, it's completely nonsense. It's, it's mostly based off of what I think your starters are going to do, how strong I think your bench is, particularly in some of those more important positions that are really tough to replace. So that's kind of what I, I rank the teams on. And I think I came up with a pretty good list. I feel pretty good about it. And if you disagree, hit me up on Twitter, at Talking Commission. Or, even better, leave a sounder for the podcast because we've been lacking on those. I, I honestly feel like we should change the name of this podcast to Talking-ish to Jake, Mike, and Dave. Because they're the only ones feeding me content. The rest of you, very disappointed. So with that, Let's get into our power rankings, our first power rankings of the season. But remember, fellas, and I know it's been a long time, but remember, what are rankings? Unless you've got power! <laughs> Here we go. Number 10. Coming in at number 10 at the bottom of our power rankings. An unfortunate spot considering this guy just got the absolute piss pummeled out of him with some paintballs. Coming in at number 10 is Dave. Um, I will say... I think every team in this league is, has a chance to be competitive if certain things go right. But that's like saying, I think that in the future I will be a millionaire if a couple of things go right. So take it how you will. But I think Dave's team has a lot of holes, a lot of weaknesses. And that's why I put you at the bottom of the list, bro. And it's not just me putting you at the bottom of the list. I ran your teams through a simulator, as I do in the past, that gives me a prediction of your percentage chance of making the playoffs and... Um, how many points you'll score based off of your projected lineups and so on and so forth. And they put you at the bottom as well. So it's not just me. Don't think that I'm just like an asshole and I got it out for you, bro. Um, uh, we'll start with the team. Let's go there. Um, his running backs, I think, are going to be the problem. LaShawn McCoy, Kenyon Drake, two very, very good running backs. I think they are starting running backs. But of all of the lot of running backs that can start, I think this is a weaker crew. Um Going on with the stars on Dave's team, his team is anchored by his, honestly, his best player, Antonio Brown, who may even be able to serve as a running back. Um, and we'll see if that wide receiver two slot for Dave and Larry Fitzgerald can stay true to this immortal form that he's had and uh, be a really strong wide receiver two for Dave. But that remains to be seen. I think the latter could actually happen this year. Larry Fitzgerald may actually fall off a cliff for once, but we'll see. Maybe he won't. That's the thing with Dave Steen. That's why it's a, it's a hard team to grade. His best pick by far, I think, was Drew Brees. He grabbed him later on in the draft, and I still think that Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks in this league. And then uh, his tight end is Kyle Rudolph. And in all of these power rankings, I just want to let you know, I didn't factor in defense or kicker or any of that shit because I honestly don't think that that stuff matters. Yeah, you could say, oh, well, my kicker was my best player or my kicker won me like a bunch of games last year. And yeah, that's probably true, but it's like impossible to predict a kicker and defense. I don't think there's any skill involved in that. I think you just look at a list and you take the best available according to some experts. Nobody actually studies 
fantasy football kickers the way they do other players. So all of my evaluation is uh, is less those things. Um, in the back half, let's look at the bench of Dave's team. Um, again, I think some struggles at running back. His running backs are Ty Montgomery, Doug Martin, and Latavius Murray. I think Ty Montgomery has a chance to make something of himself out there in Green Bay, but the other guys I think are a little over the hill or just too injury prone, and I don't know if they're they're solid backups. His quarterback backup is Matt Ryan, a very solid pickup if that guy can finally figure out how to throw more than one touchdown pass in a game. But other than that, he's Matty Ice. He's one of the best quarterbacks in this league, so if he can just put up the points. His other backup players are wide receivers. He's got Emmanuel Sanders, Nelson Aguilar, and Mohamed Sanu. Serviceable backups, nothing uh, earth-shattering according to the projections this year, but I think some of those guys could fill in nicely either in a flex role or in a spot start for wide receiver. So that's Dave's team. Um, That is why uh, Dave's coming in at number 10. I'm sorry, brother. Just prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, bro. That's uh, that's all I got to say. Number nine. Coming in at number nine is a guy I didn't expect to be at at this low position given his performance last year. But according to the projections and all that sort of stuff, he should be number nine. That's BJ. Uncle BJ, the Chicago kid. So we'll start with his running backs. I think that's the bread and butter of any team. Um, He's got Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry. I think those are two guys that are going to get the ball a lot. We'll see if they actually can live into this role. So Saquon, I think, will definitely be a very, very good if not top 10 running back at some point in his career. It's just, does he come out the gate the way Zeke did? And that's the big question. Um, I think a lot of people would say, yeah, a lot of projections have him there. So I think he's a solid starting running back and was a solid first pick. Derrick Henry is a very good backup. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, now that he's getting the majority of the snaps, can he, you know, can he get shit done? Um, His quarterback, I love the quarterback, Deshaun Watson. It's just, can Deshaun Watson elevate himself to what we saw last year before he went down to injury. And that's a question mark, according to some, when you look at the numbers. Um, Julio Jones and Amari Cooper are his wide receivers. Julio Jones is Julio Jones, a solid number one guy. Amari Cooper, a very good backup. Uh, And then at tight end, he's got Delaney Walker. So you're probably wondering, well, Bernie, you haven't really said much bad about his team so far. Well, that's because his team's completely reliant on the starting lineup. So his starting lineup, I think, is good enough to compete week in and week out. But if one of those guys goes down, he might be in some trouble. Um, oh, I forgot to mention his flex. I apologize. His flex is Marshawn Lynch, which I did not like. That is not a uh, a guy I would want in that spot. I just think there's better guys you could have gotten. Um, his backups. Patrick Mahomes. I like it. You're going to take a backup quarterback. Why not take a risk on a young kid that might catch lightning in a bottle and be one of the top uh, fantasy quarterbacks in the league? especially in an Andy Reid pass-happy offense. Running backs, he's got Deion Lewis, Peyton Barber. Nothing really uh, a solid to, I think, back up anybody. There's like, you know, a guy who is kind of boom or bust, and Deion Lewis, you never know who's going to get the ball out there. And then uh, his wide receivers, he's got Corey Davis, Mike Williams, and Cordero Patterson. Patterson. I had to go, like, off of my sheet. Because I have like a list of like the top 200 receivers or something like that. I have to go off the sheet for that guy, which uh, just says something. Um, and then his backup tight end is Mike. I can't even say his name. I don't even know who this guy is. Mike Jusecki. And even if he's a good player, I like I don't. I, again, I stand by my statement that it's all on the starting lineup here for BJ, which is why he comes in at number nine. Number eight. 
Coming in at number eight is Mark. And I think this is one where the statistics kind of did Mark a little bit dirty, the projections. And the projections happen to factor in the fact that Alshon Jeffrey is out for like a, a couple games, I think. At least this first game, but I think it might be a couple games. Did I miss a report? Was there something that clarified that? I don't know. But anyway, I, I, I just noticed the dip in Alshon's thing. I, I believe he's just he's questionable for an extended period of time, and I, I think that hurt Mark in the power rankings. Um, other than that, I think his team's pretty good. He could easily have been somewhere in the middle of this list if not for that little blip. And I know that sounds like a technicality, but technically speaking, you know, if say he goes and misses the first four games of the season, well, that dramatically changes Mark's lineup. Um, but let's get to the team. So his running backs, he's got Le'Veon Bell, Jordan Howard, two very solid starters. That's a great way to build your team. Uh, nice job there, Mark. Quarterback, he's got Tom Brady, who if he plays anything like he has been the last, you know, you know, 20 fucking years, however long he's been playing, Mark's going to be all right at quarterback. Um, his wide receivers, Michael Thomas, and as I mentioned, Alshon Jeffrey. Michael Thomas, very solid starter, in my opinion. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey will see if he can get on the fucking field. If he can, Mark's team's monstrous. Um, I like the tight end selection of Trey Burton. I think he's going to be primary target there in terms of tight ends. And maybe him and Mitch Trubisky figure that shit out, get a little chemistry going. And his flex spot, Joe Mixon. And that's a solid flex. That's a guy who could probably start on someone else's team at running back. Really, really like Mark's starting lineup minus Alshon Jeffrey. Um, running backs. He's got Mark Ingram the third, who's out on suspension, uh, I believe, for four games. So he'll have him at some point to use. Uh, we'll just see if he's able to still get some goal line, ca- you know, carries from, steal him from Alvin Kamara. Um, he's also got Adrian Peterson, Giovanni Bernard. You know, decent enough backups. Um, Adrian Peterson, I don't think, is anything to write home about, but he is serviceable nonetheless. Uh, wide receiver, you got Cooper Cup, Alan Hearns, Kenny Galladay, and Calvin Ridley, all guys that can put up points. So Mark's team's pretty solid. I'm sorry, Mark, that you're uh, here in the power rankings. I have a feeling you're going to make me eat crow and rise on up, especially considering... You're playing against all these Jews in the Jew division. Now, let's be real. I think this is the year that we uh, shift the power back to the Gentiles. Number seven. Coming in at number seven is Jof. Um, start with the running backs. Alvin Kamara and Royce Freeman. I think very solid running backs. I particularly like Alvin Kamara. I think that that could be a thing. He could be a guy that just sticks up around there in the top five in fantasy points. We shall see. Uh, Russell Wilson is his quarterback. Russell Wilson was the best fantasy quarterback last year. No reason to think he can't do it again, because especially considering he's really the only option they have. So if they're anywhere near the goal line, it's going to Russell Wilson somehow. He's either going to throw it in, or he's going to run it himself, because uh, uh, that's just that's just the way it's been. Wide receivers, you got Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams. Uh, I think two very solid starters. Um, I'm not as big on, on Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams as some people, but uh, statistically speaking, they're they're all right. They're pretty good. Tight end, you got Jordan Reed, who can't stay healthy, but if healthy, could be a top three tight end in the league, um, but can't stay healthy. So I don't know. We shall see. And then his flex position is Robert Woods. I'm going to stop, stop saying we shall see. 
I think that's presumed. I apologize for repeating it. I'm as I'm as I mentioned, a couple couple too many. Uh his backups. We got Matt Stafford, Isaiah Crowell at running back, Theo Riddick at running back, and Ronald Jones at running back. Um nothing really there I I would enjoy, but yeah. His backup uh wide receivers, he's got Kelvin Benjamin, Pierre Garçon. Nothing uh really excites me there. And then Tyler Eifert. That one excites me a little bit. Cause what if Tyler Eifert can figure it out and get back to get back to form? That's a great pick by Joe if, if that's the case, but we shall see. I said I wouldn't say it, and I said it. I said I wouldn't say it, I said it. Number six. Coming in at number six is the newcomer. My new rival in the league, actually, and it is Zach Moron. Zach Moron. Um his team took a little bit of a hit, the first casualty of the injury bug. He lost his running back, Jarek McKinnon. I honestly think that even without Jarek McKinnon, his team's still pretty good. But his team with Jarek McKinnon, I think, would have been much higher on this list. Um, I actually had to go back and change it, which I don't like to do. I don't like to tinker once it's all set and I've done my analysis. But that happened, and I had to tinker. I had to. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Jarek McKinnon at running back. His quarterback is Cam Newton, who could be Cam or could be a big fat pile of crap. Um, again, I won't say it. I was going to say we shall see, but I'm not going to say it. I'm going to stop myself. Wide receiver. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas. I think DeAndre Hopkins for sure. Stud. Demarius Thomas, now that he's got somebody to throw him the ball, does he go back to what he was with Peyton Manning? Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe Case Keenum isn't the real deal. Maybe he stinks, and that would really hurt chances of Demarius Thomas having a bounce back here. Tight end, Zach Ertz, top three tight end. It was great for me last year. His name's on the trophy. Uh, high on Zach Ertz, even without Carson. Even without Carson, because he's he's the guy you go to in a tough spot. He's the guy you go to on fourth down situations. He's going to get the ball a lot. Flex, Jarvis Landry, not crazy about. But, you know, could catch lightning in a bottle there. A lot of people are high on him. I tend to lean the other way. Uh, but that's just personal preference. So, Zach could pick. His backups. He's got uh, Philip Rivers, at quarterback. Philip Rivers, also another, like, ageless guy who just continues to put up numbers. Took a little bit of a a step back from his normal self last year, but could very well, you know, plunge himself back into that kind of, that kind of performance. Running backs. We got Rex Burkhead, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. Not too shabby. Nothing uh, nothing crazy, not, but not too shabby. And then his wide receivers, he's got Sterling Shepard and Josh Doxson. Not really high on either of those guys. And uh, George Kittle, probably the most boring name in the entire draft, at uh, his backup tight end position. So that's uh, Zach Maron. So welcome to the league, Zach. I look, look forward to just whooping your ass. You know, Tom never beat me. I'd like to reiterate that point. Tom never beat me. So technically, there's some kind of winning streak going on there. And I don't want it to end with you, motherfucker. So bring it. Bring it this year. Number five. Coming in at number five is Fox. And I hate to like this team, but I kind of like it. His running backs, Christian McCaffrey, the Great White Hope, and Lamar Miller. Now, I know that even Fox isn't that high on Lamar Miller, but if he can just be a serviceable running back too and get you at least his projection every week, then that that works out. He's got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. 
easily the best quarterback in fantasy football when healthy. His wide receivers, Odell Beckham Jr. and Stephon Diggs, two guys that can flat-out catch the ball. Now that Stephon Diggs actually has a guy that can throw the ball to him deep, I suspect that he might become a little bit better. The reason I shy away from Stephon Diggs is because he reminds me a lot of T.Y. Hilton, where it's just burn-away speed and a guy that's pretty much boomer bust every fucking game. And I can't, and like, when they're hot, they're hot, and they may put up a couple weeks of that shit, but I can't, I, I need more consistency, I guess. I need a high target, high volume, that kind of guy. Lots of catches. Um, tight end. He's got Evan Ingram, who I'm not really crazy about, but guess why he picked him? Uh, that's Fox, you know. Josh Gordon is his flex. Josh Gordon's a fucking freak of nature and could probably be a wide receiver too on a couple of teams. Um, so yeah, his starting lineup, pretty solid. His backups, he's got Tariq Cohen, Bilal Powell, Chris Thomas, Alfred Morris. He picked up Alfred Morris uh, when McKinnon went down and he thought he was all smart, but guess what? I kind of think Braden might be the better guy out there. And that's who I uh, drafted because I thought that. But uh, we'll... We shall see, right? Right, Fox? We shall see. Uh, wide receiver, uh, we got Jordy Nelson and Jamison Crowder. And then uh, tight end, he picked up David Nujoku. Taking a flyer on the young guy. Could, could pan out. Probably won't. Number four. Coming in at number four is the guy who probably shits four times a day. It's Michael London. And his team, they look pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I like his running backs, even though him and I talked about it. He should have taken Leonard Fournette, but this guy's pretty good too. So he got Dalvin Cook as his as his RB1. Love him. Drafted him last year, if you'll remember. And then he got hurt, and I still beat your asses. Dalvin Cook, I'm a big believer in. Great running back. Kareem Hunt is the guy I was alluding to previously, where I think he should have gone Leonard Fournette, but Kareem Hunt has proven he can get it done. It's just, can he get it done consistently? His quarterback... Uh, the rape, the rape burglar, and uh, I don't really like him. Um, but if he can still just throw the ball, it's really all he's got to do. Just throw it up to Antonio Brown. If he can just do that, he may be serviceable. Pretty much good for like two interceptions a game, though. So watch out for that one, Mike. You might want to check the wave a while. Um, wide receivers: T.Y. Hilton and A.J. Green, two guys that I think are pretty solid starters. His tight end is Jimmy Graham, who a lot of people are saying bust. But you know what? Fuck that. It's Jimmy Graham, and he's getting the ball from Aaron Rodgers. I think that's it's just like in my head that makes sense, right? Even though people are like, well, it took him a while to figure it out in Seattle. He's kind of fucking stupid, and that's not how to read the playbook. I don't, whatever. Just fucking go catch the ball. That's what I would tell him. That's probably what Aaron Rodgers is going to tell him. That's probably what he's going to do. So like the uh, like the tight end pick. As uh, flex is Brandon Cooks. Which, uh, Brandon Cooks, new setting, can probably get shit done. Running backs. He picked up Marlon Mack, who I'm pretty high on. I think that's a rookie that could get a lot of touches come later half of this season. I don't think he's going to come out the gate and do it, but watch out. Watch out for Marlon Mack. Chris Carson, James White, James Conner. A lot of Jameses there on the bench. At wide receiver, he's got Will Fuller, uh, Randall Cobb, and Sammy Watkins. Which are, you know, guys that could fill in. If you need them to guys that could get shit done if uh, they could ever figure it out in their careers. But I like Mike's team. That's why he comes in at number four. Number three. 
Coming in at number three is the champion himself, the commissioner. And the only reason I didn't put myself higher on the list is because I honestly don't think that I have the best team, but I do think that I have a chance. I have a chance to come after you motherfuckers once again. That's all I could ask for. I didn't have things go completely wrong during the draft. I have a couple moves that might bite me in the ass, blow up in my face, but if they work, you guys are fucked, and I'm going to just be a bitch. Just be a bitch all year. Here's my squad. Running backs, I got Ezekiel Elliott and Devonta Freeman, two very solid starters at running back. I built my team around these guys, and uh, I hate the fact that I took Zeke. I do. I hate myself for it. It makes me feel dirty. It almost makes me feel like I'm going to be cursed because I took a cowboy, but uh, I had to. I thought he was the best available. My quarterback was a little bit of a gamble, uh, actually a lot of bit of a gamble in Andrew Luck, and I get it. The guy has not played football in like two over like, what is it like fucking like 400 something days or something crazy like that. He's been hurt forever. He hasn't played in a NFL starting game in over a season. Um, But he's still Andrew Luck. At one point was the highest paid quarterback in all football for a reason because he's that good when healthy. So we'll see if he can... Stay healthy and figure it out. The rest of the squad, I got Tyreek Hill and Doug Baldwin at wide receiver. Maybe not the strongest wide receivers, but guys that can absolutely accumulate points. Um, My tight end is an elite tight end, which can make up for the fact I think that my wide receivers are me. Uh, I have Travis Kelsey at tight end. And I know what you might be thinking. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, they're on the same team. They're going to take targets away from each other. Statistically speaking, according to a bunch of different sources too that I found, Um, That combination isn't necessarily that bad of a thing. In fact, of all of the tight end wide receiver combinations you could have on your team that are from the same team, um, they say that that's the best one. So, suck my dick. At my flex spot, I got Chris Hogan, who at some point I might be able to swap out for Julian Edelman. We'll see who does better. I kind of went with the two white guys that Brady throws to. You can't really go wrong. My backup running backs, I got Kerryon Johnson, Tevin Coleman, uh, Matt Breda and C.J. Anderson, uh, guys who could fill in if I have to, but I'm kind of banking on those starters. Um, but I think that Carrion Johnson could actually develop into something, so that's a kind of a holding-the-back-pocket type of guy. And Matt Breda, you know, could become the red zone dude out of the backfield uh, out in 49er country. Uh, backup quarterback, I picked up Alex Smith. I think he's just kind of average, but he puts up points when he really gets motoring. So if I have to swap out Andrew Luck because he just falls apart, then that's what I got to do. But you take those gambles in life. And then, oh, I missed a wide receiver. Oh, no, did I say the wide receivers? Oh, well, I said Julian Edelman. And then uh, Marquise Goodwin. So those are my guys. I'm rocking with them. And I, uh, as Jake would say, look forward to whooping all your arses. Number two. Coming in at number two is Maxwell Rosanelli. His team looks pretty good. Um, running backs, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette. I honestly think that that might be the best running back tandem in our entire fantasy league. I kind of drool over it when I think about it. Gets me a little bit of a chub. Um, his quarterback probably at some point is going to be Carson Wentz. And when it is, his team may be the best. Because Carson's Carson. He slings. Zing! Um but he picked up a good backup, a good backup, a guy that a lot of people are high on, 
in Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, Jimmy, uh, you know, out there dating bazongas um, out there. Uh, rest of his team, <laughs> wide receivers. He's got Mike Evans and Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think are very serviceable wide receivers. Greg Olson at tight end, who could be, if he stays healthy, a top top five tight end in the league. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. at his flex position. It's a pretty solid starting squad, especially once Carson gets back in there. His, uh, his backups at running back, he's got Duke Johnson Jr. and Darren Sproles. Two guys that I honestly think are meh, are just complete garbage on your fence. Yeah, you might as well have two parking cones there. But nonetheless, I like Stein's starting squad enough that I put him where I did. His wide receivers, Devin Funches, uh, Des Bryant, who is currently not on a team, and Kenny Stills. Um, again, this is all the starting squad here, guys. Uh, it's, it's honestly the, that tandem of running backs. That's why Stein is where he is in my list. And then tight end, Jack Doyle. So, a tale of two teams. Whereas, like, BJ had a really good squad, but no bench. He came in the ninth in the power ranking. Stein's pretty much the same thing. I just think his starting lineup is that much better. You can see there's absolutely no meaning, rhyme, or reason to these power rankings. Uh, but Stein, coming in at number two. Number one. Jake's number one. Jake. Jake's number one. Jake's number one. Jake, Jake's number one. Jake's number one. Jake, Jake's number one. All right, that's enough. Jake coming in at number one. Uh, let's start with his uh, running backs. He's got Todd Gurley and Jay Ajayi. Um, Jay Ajayi, he probably won't be as much of a smash hit at the RB2 position as some of his counterparts around the league. But he is going to be the primary back, I think, for the Eagles. And the Eagles running back situation, if he's just motoring, could have a different look. So I kind of like the pick of Jay Ajayi. Um, in his flex spot, he's got a guy that may be able to fill in now that this guy's getting the bulk of the carries out in Baltimore. That's Alex Collins. So, you know, maybe they swap spots, and I just like the depth there. Wide receivers. Adam Thielen. Pretty high on Adam Thielen, and I wasn't at the draft, and I regret that. Now that he's got a guy that can actually get him the ball more uh, downfield, big yardage plays, taking some risks, that sort of thing. Maybe it has chemistry more with Kirk Cousins. I kind of like Adam Thielen. Uh, wide receiver two, Allen Robinson, a very a very solid starting, second starting wide receiver. Um, and if you're not impressed by that wide receiving core, may I interest you in a little bit of tight end in Robert Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski is unrivaled in fantasy football at that position. Uh, even if you have to assume that he might miss like four games or five games, even if he missed half the season. He's still worth taking because he's that good. His backups. He's got Jared Goof at quarterback. Running backs, he's got Rashad Penny and Sony Michelle, who could, you know, they could be something, they could be nothing. That's pretty much the thing with backups. Um, wide receivers, he's got Golden Tate, Michael Crabtree, and Robbie Anderson. And then at tight end, he took Dallas Goodair. I don't know, uh, that one kind of puzzles me a little bit because I don't think he'll get as many uh, points as all, some of the other tight ends. Um, but yeah, could maybe. Who knows? Could be one of those situations of like uh, Gronk and the guy who killed himself in jail. What was his name? No, no, the Spanish dude. You know who I'm talking about. Aaron Hernandez. It's fucking Aaron Hernandez. That's who it was. 
But uh, Jake's Jake's a solid squad. I like it. So that's why he's number one. If you uh, enjoyed my power rankings, uh, hit me up on on Twitter again. Once again, talking ish with your commish. That's not Twitter. It's talking commish actually. So talking commish on Twitter. Don't worry, we're still working out the kinks here in the first episode. That's what we do. We're like the Eagles in preseason. We're just fumbling the ball like five times a game. Literally just ranting in the middle of another rant and then forgetting what I talked about. And it's probably just incoherent nonsense at this point. Um, But yeah, hit me up. Maybe send me your power rankings on Twitter. Again, talking commish. Talking no G, no apostrophe. Talking commish on Twitter. Come find me, come follow me. Follow me on SoundCloud. Follow me on iTunes. Follow me everywhere you can follow me. Because we're going to the promised land, fellas. Because football is about to start. Before we begin the season, I opened it back up to you, the listener, to give me some content to feed into the show. And as always, my big three came through. Jake, Mike, Dave. You guys, anchors. The rest of you, garbage. Garbage. Let's go first to Davi Bay. Brian, thanks for having us, man. It was a great time to draft. Excited about this year and this season. Onward and upward for your boy. Tired of getting paintball at someone else's turn besides me and Joe. So, we'll see. But just want to thank you again. Look forward to the season. Go Birds. We shall see. Said it again. Uh, yeah, man. I don't want you to get paintballed either, but uh, according to power ranking, it's not looking good for you, dude. But I got high hopes because you're my bruh, and I believe in you. Don't give up hope. And this is the tame version of me. It's the opposite of wild. Wonderland. Um... Because if you're going to take this elsewhere, you know, I'm going to be on my best behavior, bro. So you're not going to get as good content. That's just the way it is. Got to maintain an image. It's nothing to worry about, though, bro. Because as mentioned on this podcast, you don't got to worry about it. It's just going to stay right here. Nobody's going to find out. Just me and you. Just me and you. Uh, yeah. Tame versus, no, Tame and Wild. Yeah, that, that was from the Wonderland. Like, I appreciate that. That's a nice reference. Bren, I want to start off by thanking you and uh, the First Lady for having all of us degenerates over and uh, hosting us and having a great time. And um, Food was great. Company was great. Drink was great. And uh, the gauntlet, fuck, dude, or the, the Cathalon, whatever you want to call it, uh, that was a hell of a journey. Um, thanks for letting me redo some of the things. I think it was pretty fair. I don't think I had an advantage at all. Um, I'm just really fucking stupid when it comes to that test i mean there's not really anything behind that (laughs) um but thanks for letting me sleep over reggie slept with me the whole night he was a great cuddle buddy uh he didn't even he didn't even wake up when i woke up at 4 30 to go fishing he he didn't even move dude if that was ziggy he would have asked to go out take a shit come back drink some water would have been a pain in the ass but thank you to you and the missus and uh Looking forward to a hell of a season, you know? Thanks for coming, and uh, I appreciate all the kind words about uh, the day, and, you know, I you know, I hope it, hope it works out for you this year, my friend. Uh, yeah, and Reggie. Reggie uh, pretty much is comatose in the morning. He's like a teenager that doesn't want to get out of bed and go to school, uh, except for school for him is just sitting around sniffing his ass and just sleeping all day. What a life this guy lives. What a life. But uh, let's get to the football part. My team fucking sucks, dude. I made so many mistakes. I did a good job of picking 10th, but my but my picks at 10 and 11 or whatever were fucking terrible. 
consecutively they were bad. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Um, we'll just see how the first, you know, week or so goes and uh, go from there, you know. One of these niggas are bound to get hurt by, by, by a fucking knee injury. I mean, that's just that's just how it is. You know, at least three niggas in the first week will have ACLs gone. Done. Um, can you not say nig on your new podcast? I know you're trying to be like PG and shit, relatively PG for the families and shit, but uh, I don't really think that's, you know, your style. Got to have a little bit of racism, you know? Um, Trump's America. You know, do I feel? And that, my friends, is exactly why we cannot have a podcast as widely distributed. Because he's right. It's tough to uh, maintain your PC culture in this fucking thing. And fuck that. I ain't PG. I ain't PG at all. I ain't PG. I ain't PC. So fuck it. Lick my balls and suck my ass. You can say all the things you want on here. Don't worry about it. It's only going to us. Unless somebody can find the stream. Because there's always that, you know. It's not like it's like completely hidden from the world, but if you don't know about it, don't hurt you. Hey, Brent, great job at the draft and with the decathlon this year. It was a really fun time. It was great seeing everybody. It was great being at your zoo in your backyard. Um, only complaint was uh, there's no way Mike beat me in the 40-yard dash. That was fucking bullshit, and I'm going to take that to my grave that that was bullshit. So aside from that, great, great event, and I look forward to kicking your ace this year. You know, it was kind of bullshit. I kind of like feel like I don't believe that either. There's no way Mike London was faster than the majority of us. This just it just blows my mind. Unless that little motherfucker can just he can just steam it on the track. I don't know. Let's go to Dave for a couple. You ever just scroll through social media and you're just wondering like, what makes this person think that we give an actual flying fuck about this story? Like it's very personal stuff. Like. You shouldn't be sharing that with the world. You should keep that to yourself. I just think it's very interesting. It's like if somebody, it's their insecurities and they're crying for attention and trying to make it seem like they have a perfect life. And just, it's very interesting. Like I, it's something like I don't know. Like why would you post this shit? No one cares. I don't know. Man. It is. It's very sad. Almost people have to have this thing on social media where they feel this need to just share everything and share their feelings people who like write shit on facebook like statuses and stuff i still don't i still don't get that that like getting the full-blown conversations like off the top of my head like that boy ab aaron barrison or however you say his fucking name he does that shit like, he's like live streaming his like rehab sessions with his mom on facebook live and it's like who fucking cares like i didn't even I like what drugs did you do? Like a couple, like some coke? Were you shooting up heroin? Like I don't want to hear about that. That's fucking depressing as hell. Especially from you. Like who? Who are you? You know, people just feel so entitled to just post shit online and think that people would care. But it's sad. It really is, Dave. Hey, Brent. David Bay here. Heard you need some content. You need some content. I'll give you some fucking content. Talk around town if you need some content. Here's some content for you. Seinfeld fucking sucks, okay? I've watched plenty of episodes now to give a fair judgment on it. Watch it almost every day. I, I can't... I don't think I've cracked a smile at an episode yet. The characters fucking suck, all right? George Costanza, everyone says, Oh, he's so funny, George. Ooh. Dude, he fucking is not funny at all. You think he's funny? I don't know what you know what humor is. I understand it's dry comedy. It's not poop jokes. I get it. 
Cosmo Kramer, the erratic guy, he's not really funny. Seinfeld, the comic on the show, he's not funny. Lane, shy. Larry David, I just don't like Larry David. I don't don't like Curve either. Maybe I just don't like dry humor. But in terms of characters, I don't like the characters. I can't relate to any of them. Friends is way better in that aspect. They have characters that anybody can relate to. And I just thought I'd share that. Okay. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Uh, I gotta have to disagree with you on this one. I think Seinfeld's like it's it's a show that at the time was pretty pretty different. It was very honest and reflected on those things in life that are just like small subtle things that are kind of hilarious when you when you boil it down and throw it into this crazy situational comedy. And I think it's kind of like the it's like the TV version of what stand-up comedy is to me. You know, stand-up comedy is just talking about something you see in your life or observe, but they they bring it to life. They bring those experiences to life, which is why I think the show is so funny. It may be a little dated. I think, you know, you could make that same argument, I guess, about Friends, which you seem to like more. I think both are good shows. They both have, like, a different vibe, but Seinfeld's not for everybody. I get that. So uh, I can't really I can't really shit on you for not liking Seinfeld. I just happen to disagree. Hopefully we can agree to disagree. You ever just wake up in the morning and you wonder if you're living in a reality TV show? That the Eagles are world champions, defending the crown this year, opening the season, and Donald Trump is president? It's kind of like, this is the world we live in. It's kind of weird. Like, what is going on? The stars are all like, aligning and shit or some shit like what it is a very bizarre world you got like dave said the eagles are super bowl champions something that people thought would never happen donald trump is our president something i think people would have never predicted and now colin kaepernick is on the uh the he's the face of the just do it campaign for nike even though he like doesn't play a sport anymore uh yeah crazy world crazy world in keeping with the football theme, obviously, because, you know, that's our theme. Kind of pissed off that the Eagles start on Thursday night. I would rather them be on regular Sunday. It's just that's how I think of football season is that Sunday. I, I hate Thursday games, and I hate that we're starting off the season with the Thursday game. I think it's retarded. But, you know, Super Bowl champs, so fuck it. Super Bowl champs. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Thursday night game. I think it was the NFL's just greed that created the Thursday night game. They're like, we need football even sooner. But I like waiting. It's like you wait for something like a fine wine or a uh, a nice whiskey. Like You'll wait to have that to reward yourself. Put that at the end of the week and have that. You earned it. That's how I feel football should be. Yeah, I had a good time of your draft and all, but if I had one regret that I could take back and do over again, Except I should have drafted Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. I think if I took Barcavius Mingo in my second pick, it would have been a little bit better. If Kiki Kaliki Vitae was still on the board at three, it would have been for me. She said, Do you love me? I told her only partly. I only love the Beatles, Paul McCartney, and Jarvis Laundry. What do you get when Fox gives a girl two in the pink and one in the stink? I call that to Jeremy Shocker. Funny thing is, he took the snap from Justin Pugh. If Fox could wear one jock, do you think he'd wear Eli Manning's or Odell Beckham Jr.'s? I don't know. That's a toughie, dude. Both jocks have a stench, but Odell might have some toxins in his sweat. I don't know. Uh. Whose panties do you think are more in a bunch? Colin Kaepernick 
or Derek Bunches. Thank you as always, Dave, for those incredibly ridiculous and hilarious little clippets. That's always my favorite part of the soundboard when we just roll through Dave. Uh, that's very fun. Let's check in with Jake. I have a little update from uh, Philadelphia City Life. We'll call this segment City Living. Um, every day when, on my walk to and from work, I pass through Sister Cities Park on Logan Circle. It's this nice little park. They got some trees. They got some seats and benches. And in the middle, they have a fountain that has probably four or five different little like fountains of water shooting up. And there's always kids running around there playing in the water. And inevitably, these little kids are discovering what it's like to have water shooting up their bumhole. So every time I walk home from work, inevitably, there's a three-year-old sitting on top of a fountain just getting blasted up their rear end with water, getting their first taste of, uh, you know, sexual deviance. So (laughs) that's this week's edition of City Living. I love it. I would love a weekly edition of City Living. And sexual deviance may be my favorite new phrase. I may use that in my daily routines in life. Uh, thank you for that story. That was great. That kind of reminds me of all the stories Jen tells me. She works in the city, and she sees like just the craziest shit. She'll just be at a park and just be like, wow, what a beautiful day. It's so scenic. And there's a homeless guy taking a shower in a fountain. That's just that's Philadelphia. Let's close it out with our boy Dave. Uh, oh, I got to change my panties. <laughs> all right thank you all for uh for all of your contributions this week i hope i can look forward to more people contributing next week um a couple of things to get to before we get out of here we obviously have eagles action thursday night against atlanta i'd like to give a big uh 30th birthday shout out to our boy jake that's a milestone birthday man you got to look at that one and be like holy shit man i'm getting pretty old do you got any great pubes dude i just i'm kind of curious i want to I just want to know, like, do I have that to look forward to in my near future? Is that something that happens at 30? Or uh, is that is that later on in life? I don't know. Um, next week, we got some football matchups, uh, some good stuff to look forward to. We got a rematch of the championship game. Uh, we have Stein taking on the commish. We have Jake taking on Mark in a rematch of the playoffs last year. We have Zifo taking on Zmar, Zmarin. Uh in a matchup of Zach's debut here in the founding father fantasy football league. Then we got Mike versus Joe followed by Dave at BJ. Should be an exciting week of football and I'm glad it's back. Follow us on, uh, all that stuff. Twitter at talking commish iTunes. Check us out. We'll see you next week. We'll work out the kinks and get kinky. Enjoy football.